All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Brotherly Love in the District here. Tristan here along with Jacob. Jacob, you want to go ahead and tell them what we're getting into? Yeah, so in the NFL, we're going to look at the Eagles um, this week's matchups for the Eagles. And then we're going to look at the upcoming matchups for both Washington and um, Philly. Then going to the NHL, we're going to go over the games that have happened this past week that has included a Caps and Flyers game. So I want to go over that. And finally, onto the MLB, we're going to give um, our picks for the AL Cy Young MVPs and same with the NL. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so we'll start off talking about the uh, game from last week. Washington was on a bye week, so they didn't uh, they didn't play. And the Eagles played on Sunday in Philly against the Chargers. And they honestly put up a lot better fight than I thought they would. I don't know if you saw the game, but they played a lot better than I thought they would. I thought for sure Justin – It was 27 to 24. Yeah, I thought for sure Justin Herbert was going to put numbers up on the Eagles secondary easily. To be fair, he did. He, he, was he, did. he still put up over 300 yards. Six yards, yeah. But – Only missed six passes. It's hard. It's hard to – it's hard to look at it and see, say that he put up such good numbers because of the fact that they only scored 27 points. I thought for sure they would be breaking 30 against the Eagles. Uh, with that, though, the game, obviously, Justin Herbert put up good numbers. Uh, but the run game had another really strong game. Uh, if- I think you found your winning formula. I think that's the biggest story coming from this game is that I think you found the formula that gives you the best chance of winning. Keep him to around 20-ish throws, something around that, and then run the ball a lot. I mean, Jordan Howard, 17 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts, 10 carries for 62. Boston Scott, 10 carries, 40 yards. That's, that's really good run numbers, and I think you guys need to lean on the run game more. They need to lean away from Jalen Hurts running so much, though, because Jalen Hurts having 10 carries is not great because obviously he's the quarterback. His main priority should be passing the ball. And he I think this is the first game, if I'm not mistaken, but I think this is the first game where he hasn't been the lead rusher on the team. Obviously, prior to last week, they weren't handing the ball off. So that kind of hinders the ability to make that a safe assumption or make that a safe. I don't know the words that I'm looking here, looking for here, but to say that him being the leading rusher throughout these first 10 weeks, and this is the first game where he hasn't been the lead rusher is easy to say since they haven't been putting the ball in the running backs hands. Basically what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, Jordan Howard and Boston Scott both are are both stepping up really big right now in the absence of Miles Sanders, who only needs to be out for one more game and then he'll be able to come back. So that's a huge thing to be looking forward to. We play the Broncos this week, which is going to be a lot different of a game and trying to run the ball as much because Denver, I think Denver's front seven is a lot better the Chargers are one of the worst rush defenses in the league. So, and then Detroit is, well, they're Detroit. Uh, so you, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt against those two teams as they weren't great rush defenses. But it's a step in the right direction, which I love to see. And with Jordan Howard, whose career has fell off entirely, I don't know what, I really want to know why he went from a perennial pro bowler with the bears to losing a spot to Tariq Cohen. And now he's, he's not even a starter anywhere. He's a good running back. And I, I I'm kind of curious to see what happened and why he just fell off the face of the earth, but he's been on the practice squad all season. He had a really good training camp and he came in and he's filling in really nicely with the absence of Miles Sanders. So those two are putting in work. And something that's also really confusing me is uh, the lack of use of Kenny Gainwell. Because in the first eight weeks prior to the Detroit game, 
they just kept on feeding Kenny Gainwell when you have Miles Sanders in the backfield. And that was really confusing, not only to me, but I think to a ton of Eagles fans and Philadelphia fans and reporters as to why they were using Kenny Gainwell more than they were using Miles Sanders. Uh, so that's a little bit confusing for me because now they've totally dropped off. I think in the past two games, he's had a total of four carries. He had two in the two against the Chargers and I think two against the Lions. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I think this is the a better way to looking at that formula for success. Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 17 times. He only threw four receivers. Yeah, for 162 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith put up big numbers in this game. Yeah, that, that's he, insane. Five receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. And Ethan so, Dallas Goddard had a decent game for only getting the ball three times. Three three receptions for 43 yards. He averaged 14 yards a catch. So those are that's good numbers. I, I like the fact what I've noticed lately is Jalen Hurts isn't really putting the ball in harm's way as much, I think. I it looks like he's kind of trying to keep it away from the defense and trying to make good passes, which is a good sign to see. And Overall, I think the offense played really well. The defense played really well too, despite the loss. Uh, they started out a game. They started out the game with a goal line stop, and then right after that, they took them down to the goal line again. And I, I believe they the Chargers scored the second time, although the Phillies defense was holding it tight against the Chargers at the beginning of the game, and to. Hold Justin Herbert and that electric offense to no pun intended to 27 points is nice. A pretty decent, uh, pretty decent feat for the defense, I believe. Uh, yeah, definitely a hat or a game you can hang your guys' hats on. Yeah. And I think with honestly, with keeping this game as close as it was, I think that'll help produce momentum going into this Denver game. I believe we could beat Denver going into this. You will this. beat Denver. Yeah, because I don't think Denver's team is all that great. Teddy Bridgewater. They beat us. I feel so bad for Teddy Bridgewater. That man's career went down the drain real quick. He was a really good quarterback, and he went down the drain so great. quickly. He was doing so good that one year with Minnesota, the year he got hurt. Him and Tyrod Taylor were both having good years. Yeah, and then they both kind of fell off. And now Teddy Bridgewater is finding struggles to find a starting job taking over in Denver where he isn't even really the presumed starter where Drew Locke is still trying to find his way up that ladder. Uh, and they're, they're actively looking for another quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so let's continue to preface that game since we were kind of alluding into that one the broncos are five and four i wasn't uh i wasn't definite on what their record was but they are five and four which is a pretty which is better than the record i thought they would have uh yeah i think that's kind of a. am trying to find the right word but i think that doesn't actively reflect how yeah i think it's a flu i don't think they're a very good team yeah they did beat us though uh they's their their team is really middle of the pack overall their offense is 14th in the league defense is 13th in the league passing 14th rushing ninth so their team overall is just middle of the pack uh i think though like i said i think the eagles offense is starting to find that starting to find that rhythm now that they're starting to find the rushing game and they're going to be able to work play action into the offense uh, now that they can actually run the ball. A really interesting matchup that I'm excited to see this week is Patrick Sertain and Devontae Smith. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Two hours. Interesting. The few times the ball actually is thrown there. Yeah, I I don't see the ball getting thrown there much because <laughs> no. that's because that's going to be throw the ball. I'll throw it to Dallas Goddard because I don't think they have very good linebackers. Yeah, they, they don't. I, I don't think – I don't believe they have good linebackers either. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to – I want to try to pull up their 
yeah, I'm going to pull up their depth chart real quick. Uh, but yeah, I feel like their defense just isn't great overall. Uh, that actually that'll work. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dallas Goddard needs to have a big game here. He needs to continue to have a big season. I mean, against Detroit was really that breakout game for our offense where they kind of found out what they needed to do and how to, how to be successful in the offense and score points. So I think after that Detroit game, they finally figured out what they're trying to do as an offense and how to work in everyone properly and get the right people on the field. And I think that's really helping us. And it's honestly, it's not really what you want to see because this, this season, I think from most people's perspective was a wash. You, you had nowhere to go and now they could potentially win. See, they have three games. Now they have five division games after this. So they have Denver and then they have New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. They have the Jets at some point. That's week 13. They have the Giants twice, Washington twice, and Dallas twice. And I'm missing one more game in there. I'm not 100% sure who it is. But um, So I'm reading in your schedule. You have Saints, Giants, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, Cowboys. Oh, so I, I did have it right. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's your remaining games in order. Yeah. So I did have it right. Uh, so – they they have a lot of potential to win a lot of games in that span. Um, I'm not sure I would if I was the Eagles, I'd really want. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't really want them to win. But yeah, at the like, same you want time, the they... high draft pick with Washington. I'm just like, all right, lose, start lose. It's all right. Like the they... season's a wash. I don't think we should give up on Ron Rivera, anything like that. Just lose so we can get a higher draft pick. They have potential to win. I believe they can beat Denver. You will beat Denver. You'll beat the Jets. The Saints. I, I that's believe a toss we, up for me. Yeah. So Denver should be a win. The Jets should be a win. I will have a split against the Giants and Washington, which would make us seven and because we're going to lose to the Cowboys. Yeah. Even though they lost against Denver, which that was so, so strange to watch last week. Yeah. That I don't know what happened there. Uh, Thirty to sixteen. So that that would be seven and. Seven and ten. The 17 games in a single season is still throwing me off. So that would be seven and ten. Uh that I think that's what is likely to happen. What I think can happen, what I think will happen. Uh this is my guess. I think we beat Denver. I never thought in my life that I would be saying we have a better chance to win because they don't have Jameis Winston, but <laughs> I think we can beat That's the Saints. Yeah, that that is a weird. We can, I just don't know with the Saints the, anymore. I thought they're going to be a good team at the beginning of the season. Then it just kind of went. Well, the only weapon they have left is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, James Winston gone. Michael Hill, Michael Thomas said he's not coming back this season. So is Tim Hill going to be their quarterback, or is he injured? I don't know who their quarterback is right now because I, I didn't. I, I don't think he was injured. starting last week. Uh. So, but yeah, uh, Jameis Winston gone. Michael Thomas is out for the rest of the season. Their wide receivers are meh after Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara is their only weapon on their offense. Although the Alvin isn't bad, but they have holes. Alvin Kamara could easily torch us by himself because our linebackers are terrible. Although Jonathan Gannon finally is starting to figure out that he needs to put on the players that make plays not the players that we should be putting on they cut eric wilson they were trying to play him too much even though he shouldn't have been being played because he didn't fit well in our scheme so we're finally starting to get those players who deserve to be on the field uh which i'm i'm happy to see that because i think the more they work with the players that should be on the field and figure out what they need with those players and how to fit the scheme around them that's just going to make it easier for the future also uh yeah, the the Broncos don't really have any household names at linebacker. They used to, but even then, he wasn't a really good pass. Yeah, because Von Miller is he's, he's a, a top edge rusher in the league. You're not going to put him back in coverage. Yeah. 
but certain Ronald Darby in the secondary and Justin Simmons, who's one of the best safeties in the league coverage safeties in the league right now. But yet again, I think you guys are starting to lean more towards the run game. And I think that will win you the game, which I like to see. I'm happy about that. Uh, I mean, we've been saying it for weeks now. They're finally listening to us. Yeah. So I think Denver will win. I think against Denver, we will win. The saints will win. Jets will win. I think we'll beat both. I think we'll beat the Giants twice and one against Washington. I won't even be surprised if we drop both against you guys. If we lose both, I really wouldn't be surprised because we're not playing at all. I think the Eagles could have nine wins by the end of the season, which is absurd to think about. If I I were you, I wouldn't want – No, I don't want that because if we make the playoffs, they're getting kicked in the first round. Yeah, like I, I like as a Washington fan, I want us to get the higher draft pick. So if we lose, I frankly don't care. We're going from like projected top ten pick to like middle of the pack twenty twenty second overall pick, and that is a huge yeah, jump. Roles are reversed because at the beginning of the season we thought Washington would have that, and the Eagles would be top ten then. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Like, because we could we could have two top ten picks, because Miami's doing terrible too, and we have their I first round pick. I really hope and we don't. The Colts, suck. depending on what the Colts do, because it's looking like that Carson Wentz is going to be a first round pick. Uh, so knock on wood. Uh, that's looking like it's going to be a first round pick, and if they don't make the playoffs, that's going to be another. 10 to 10 to 17 pick imagine okay going into this season imagine i tell you prior to the season yeah the eagles will have a top 10 pick and a top 20 pick so a pick between one and 10 a pick between 10 and 20 and then a pick between like 20 and 25 and the pick that's between 20 and 25 is the eagles pick like their original pick oh gosh this has not been a fun year i uh, what what happened that is so weird to think about Uh, so yeah the eagles could potentially i think they could they'll have nine wins by the end of the season and you're you're saying if they drop both if you go by the same thing that i'm saying and you think they'll drop both that'll be 10 wins oh my gosh all right so let's Let's go over to the uh, to the Washington game. How and bad are we going to lose this week? You guys are playing the Bucks. That's going to be rough. That's going to be a rough loss. I'm so excited though because I have Mike Evans in a fantasy league and I have Chris Godwin in a fantasy league. Yeah, I, and those I have depression because of this team. <laughs> yeah. uh, but hey, I mean, keep in mind they only put up. I say only. They only put up 28 against the Eagles, so. But you're a better team than us. Wow, that is a weird thing to hear. Yeah, you're playing so much better than us. It's it's even, if you're, a, even when you're only like three and six or whatever, we're playing like dog. Yeah, we're, we're playing close game. Well, I say we're playing close games. The only close game that we've had is the Chargers. We beat up on the Lions. I can't think of who we played prior to that. Uh but we beat up on the Lions. And week eight, we played. Did we play? No, week eight was the Lions. All right, so, yeah, I think Tom Brady's going to pick apart your defense. Uh, There is really no – they have too many weapons, honestly. Yeah, and our defense is not playing great. Yeah, there is nothing we you can really do about that game. Yeah. The Eagles played the Raiders in week seven. So, and that wasn't even as close as it looked. That was a 33-22 game, but they scored a bunch of points in garbage time. So, yeah, I'd really say the Detroit game was the turning point of this season. Yeah, it's a confidence booster, even, even though it is against the Lions. The Lions um, have been playing teams tough, though. They, yeah, they've been playing teams tough, but they're still the Lions. Let's not they, forget that. Let's the not Rams, the Rams were having 
the Rams were having trouble against the Lions at the beginning. At the, start. the Rams have been weird this season because, like, they've had a few games like that where they've just struggled against teams where you thought they would just whoop. They gave the Packers some trouble when they were playing them. Uh, they almost beat the Ravens. They almost beat the Vikings. Who else did the Lions? Who else did the Lions played? That's the Vikings game. So the Lions play teams tough. They they are the best winless team in NFL history up to this point. Did they not have a win? Oh yeah, they're 0 and seven. They're, yeah. Uh they're 0 and seven. Do they already have their bye week? They're 0 and 8. Oh wait, yeah, they did have their bye week. It's week 10. Yeah, they're 0 and 7. Wow. So yeah, the Lions are the best winless team that there has been because they play teams tough they just can't finish out the they just can't finish out the game the best one this team since the last lions team or that browns team uh they could have potentially beat the bears that was a 24 14 game the bears aren't a good team yeah okay well let's let's go back to the washington tampa game uh so tom brady do we have is, to? Do we have tom to? brady is going to pick apart your defense but the bright side is the ta- the Buccaneers don't have a secondary, so yeah, they, like it got destroyed the first week. Uh, who is Curtis Samuel back? I don't think. Who knows with Curtis Samuel? He's had like the most serious hamstring injury I've ever heard of, or whatever the heck the injury is. Because I know that at least with Terry McLaurin, you you're looking good with Terry McLaurin. And Logan- I, just look, I looked up Curtis Samuel to try and find um, an injury update. Unpopular and the one of the first things that pops up is a tw- is a tweet. Unpopular opinion: Curtis Samuel is just a fancy Paul Richardson. <laughs> Jeez, Paul Richardson. I that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, and this is from a verified account. This is from Hogs Heaven. Uh, who? Oh, Curtis Samuel's still not practicing, so it's safe to say he's not going to play. Per ESPN, former Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is finalizing a deal with the Rams. What? Whoa, whoa, you're lying to me. <laughs> I, I, I got that from uh, ESPN Fantasy. You're lying. Okay, it's real. <laughs> you're lying. Oh, no, okay, it's real. <laughs> yet the best wide receiver on that team is a small white guy. Named Cooper. Cooper Cup is an insane one. He's, he, he's like leading the league in every single receiving stat this year. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's safe to say we both think Washington is going to lose. We both know Washington is going to yeah. lose. All right. So you, you don't want to have that. Uh, you don't want to have that absurd. The absurd uh, optimism like I did when we played when the Eagles played Tampa. No, or had the absurd optimism I had at the beginning of the season. All right. And then you – what about uh, – okay, I'm interested to hear your guess here. What What's your score prediction on the Tampa game? 38-14. I was going along the same lines. I was thinking 38-17. Yeah. It's not, yeah. You, uh, Logan Thomas looks like he might be coming back this week, though. Yeah, that could help a red zone because we have sucked in the red zone recently. Our red zone presence is non-existent, so that could help us. Uh, and then the Eagles and the Broncos, I definitely have the Eagles winning. I think they'll I think so. win 20 – I'm going to make it a weird score. I'm going to go with 29-24. 26-18. Twenty six eighteen. I don't even know how that would happen. I'm <laughs> um a touchdown. Well, the eighteen, a touchdown. Um, well, two touchdowns and one of the field goal. The um point conversions doesn't go in, and then two more field goals. No, I think you got the math. Yeah, no, yeah, it it doesn't yeah, matter. No, no, uh, no. touchdown, field goal, safety, and two <laughs> field goals. Uh, <laughs> 18 26 18 and 29 24 all right i think that's you should put money down on that if (laughs) i am not i am not betting that is a that 
if because if you get that right, that's a lot of money coming your way. Put this on record, twenty six eighteen. Did you see the? Uh, this is kind of fast forwarding into the MLB for a sec. But did you see where there was a guy in March who said Braves over the Astros in six? I and did see. Insane. He he got like twenty five point six million dollars or something like that. That's insane. Yeah, that's. But, yeah, but sports betting like that, um, those are one in a million chances. Kids, if you're listening, don't don't sports bet, please. Yeah, that's facts. Uh, so I I have something that's kind of uh not something that we plan to do at the beginning, but I think it'll be kind of fun to add in here. So, uh, obviously it's right dead middle in the season. Week nine just ended, so. I want to hear your watch. So first off, where did you think Washington would be at this point? What did you think their record would be? And who is your MVP through nine weeks? I thought we would be in a significantly better position. Um, I'm trying to like look at like our schedule and try and um, like give a um, – what I thought could have happened in terms of our record. I thought we could have at least had more um, wins than we did losses. Um, let me look. Well, do you want to give me your MVP first while you're looking? Yeah, I think um, the MVP I'd say is Terry McLaurin. He's really been, really been carrying our offense. You could really say he's the only bright spot, bright spot on our team. Like, I really think that's the only player you could say. So, my MVP for Washington, it's more than one player. Uh, I don't think it should be anyone on your defense. Your defense has been the death of you guys. Uh, I think the MVP for Washington has honestly been the offensive line. I like, but if you're going single player, then yes, I would go with Terry McLaurin. Like, yeah. Because I don't watch as much Washington as you do, or as much Washington as I do Philly. Don't, so it sucks on on Philly. Like I could pick a specific offensive lineman, whereas Washington, you can't do that. I can't do that as well. Uh, although I do believe Washington's offensive line has been huge for them. Yeah, and, they've been playing a lot better than I thought they would, and I honestly thought realistically we could have been four 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 and four at this point in the season. All right, like, so Chargers, that was a respectable loss. You beat the Giants. Yeah. Lost to the Bills. I could see that. One and two. You beat the Falcons two and two. You could have beat the Saints. We could I have beat for sure the you... Chiefs as well, frankly, because in the first half, they were playing like crap. Yeah, I could see you four and four too. Yeah. Three and five at the worst. Because I think the Saints game was a toss-up. So three and five at the worst, four and four at best. Yeah. And that like preseason presumptions. Cause in the beginning of the season, did you think you were beating the Chiefs? No, but watching the game, I'm like, oh, we could actually win. And then the second half started and I thought then I said, Oh, yeah, we're not winning. Uh so yeah, I think you would be four and four at best. MVP, I could see Terry McLaurin. Uh, for the Eagles, I would have to say, honestly, we're doing better than I thought we would. I want to bring up the, I want to bring up their schedule real quick. But while I'm doing that, my MVP for the Eagles is Javon Hargrave. He was injured most of last season, but this season he has been playing out of his mind alongside of Fletcher Cox. And I think what would make uh, what would make Fletcher Cox a little bit better is if Jonathan Gannon lets him play the way he, that he was because he tried to put him in a system that he wasn't used to. Fletcher Cox used to just be able to run around and do what he wants, get past the line the way he wants, and now he's in a system where he can't really do that, and I think that's hurting him more than it is helping him. So I think that uh, – that's kind of hurting him and Javon Hargrave is might be 
doing better from that because I still think Fletcher Cox is a guy you have to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, but Javon Hargrave has uh, 43 tackles and six sacks, and he leads the team in sacks. So I think he's a huge – he was huge to have come back this season, and I think he's playing really well. Uh, so that's my MVP. And then for the, I think at this point, I think I thought we would have two wins. Yeah, I thought you'd be one six. Because I thought we would beat the Falcons. The 49ers I thought was a toss-up, and I thought we would beat the Panthers. Those were the two definite games. Or actually, I could have saw three wins because I thought we would beat the Lions too. So, yeah, I could – we're kind of in the general area that I thought the Eagles would be. Uh Although the Falcons was kind of a toss-up for me, too, because I didn't know the way that they were going to play. So I think it's around the same area where I thought they would be. Uh, And then I already gave you my prediction for where I think the Eagles are going to end up. I think they could end up second in the division at the end of the season, which is weird to say. probably will. Yeah, because at the beginning of the season, everyone was saying that the Eagles would end up last. Yeah, I, I was one of the people. Um, well, with that, are we ready to move over to hockey? Yes, please. Let's get away. Uh, well, going over to hockey, we're both on a positive front as both the Caps and the Flyers are producing quite well. Uh, yeah, Ovi is playing out of his mind right now. I wanted to look at looking at his stats. He has. 12 he has 11 goals and 10 assists in 12 games he has 21 points i'm pretty sure he's top five in the league he's number three yeah he's behind only connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl who both have 23 and he has That's 21 insane ovi's 36 and he's behind he's only behind mcdavid and dreisaitl he also leads the league in goals with 11 and he's he's still up there in uh in assists at 10, which I never thought I would be seeing Alex Ovechkin up there in assists. Yeah, it seems like he's I don't know what. I hope he keeps this up, knock on wood. He's been he's producing at an extremely high level. Yeah, that's I believe he's the oldest. I heard something when the Flyers were playing the Caps where he was the oldest uh player to reach 10 goals like at the beginning of a season to be the first player to 10 goals. He was the oldest player to reach it. Um, so that's, that's just a pretty good, pretty cool milestone to me. I know this isn't going to happen, but it'd be really cool to see him reach 50 goals in 50 games, the right way to do it. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, it, it isn't. But How many games have the Caps played? I. Uh, 12 uh, 12 games so yeah he's not even on pace for that he's one goal he's one goal per game shy yeah uh the flyers though held him to zero points he only in that game he only had one goal through or one shot through two periods and then they gave him four shots on the last power play that the caps had yeah that was a game where Martin Jones played incredible. That, that was a game where both the goalies played really well, and it could have gone either way, frankly. Let me let me read you Martin Jones' stats here for j- real quick, because Martin Jones, like you're looking at when you look at all the all the moves that the Flyers made in the offseason, you're looking at the you know the good looking picks, the nice picks. Like they got Cam Atkinson, who's uh, been a thirty goal scorer in the league. You're looking at the Rasmus Ristolainen's, who's a like dirty, gritty player who wants to get in and make the other team hate him. Uh, who else did they get over? The Ryan Ellis, who is possibly the biggest addition for the team uh, going into this season. And Martin Jones wasn't really a player that you were looking at that you were like, oh, yeah, like he's a huge addition for the team. It was just kind of a backup plan just in case because Carter Hart obviously needs to rest sometimes Martin Jones through three games is three now has 
a 168 goals against average and a 950 save percentage. Oh my Martin Jones. Gr- granted, that is only that's only three games. So it's take it as you will, as there's still a lot of hockey to be played, but he's been playing really well. And he's been a huge reason as to why we've been successful up to this point. Uh, in the game against the Caps, he had 30, he had 31 saves and a nine six. 969 save percentage with only one goal goal allowed. That's very good. He definitely won you the game there. Yeah, he's been huge. The, the goaltending has been the storyline for the Flyers this year because one, one thing that – so I think up to this point, the Flyers have been getting a little bit lucky. So obviously the goaltending has been insane. But the injuries, we Ryan Ellis has only played three games. Kevin Hayes hasn't even started. So you're looking at our second line center is being paid the veteran minimum right now in Derek Broussard, who's, which goes to show that he should not be playing at a high level, like a second line center in the NHL right now with his age. And he's, he's supposed to be playing third, fourth line minutes in third line minutes. That's if he's lucky. Uh, So yeah, he should not be up as high as he is in the lineup. And so we're really missing having Kevin Hayes there. And I think at the beginning of the season, the team was just so pumped up on adrenaline and everything that they were just playing so well. And I think it's finally starting to catch up to them as last night they got shut out to Toronto. So they were having a little bit of issues there. Their power play hasn't been clicking. uh, So they've had some issues and I think it's starting to finally catch up to them that they need to get these big players back, especially Ryan Ellis, because Having that top pairing D-man up front is huge, as we noticed last season from the Flyers without having Matt Niskanen up there. Yeah, nothing says depth like veteran minimums on your second line. <laughs> that, that is unfortunately true. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, they, they're, they're really trying everything to try to, uh, try to get some – trying to get something going because – they're they keep on flipping around the power play and it hasn't been clicking for them and uh they've been trying to move whatever they will to try to get some goals out of them but like i said they lost to toronto yesterday it's you know what's so weird about this season to me it's the fact that these games aren't as compressed as they used to be last season every other night there was a hockey game on it was great and this season it's it's so hard because the Flyers went from Saturday, they had a game, and then they went until Wednesday before they had their next game. And now they don't get another game until they don't get another game until Friday. So it's just so weird to not have as much hockey to watch as you did last season. Yeah, we play the Red Wings tonight. So we have a game now. Uh the the Flyers play Carolina on Friday, and that is a rough one. It's gonna be a tough game. Yeah, they're at Carolina, and then they go to Dallas on Saturday. So they – Carolina is going to be a rough team to play because I want to pull up their – there it is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I want to pull up the standings because Carolina has been playing insane. They're uh, playing better than we thought they would. Yeah, 10-1-0, 20 points on the season, 909 points percentage. Although, as good as Carolina is playing right now, they there is no way that they can – keep it up going into the playoffs like I think they have a good team and they have a good offensive team but I don't think that their uh I don't think that their defense is good enough for for like postseason success because if you look at the teams who were in the postseason huh they're on a crazy run yeah it they're playing really well right now and I think you can I think one of the reasons that off-season or postseason success as opposed to regular season success is different is the fact that there it is. Uh, I think it's the fact that a regular season is a marathon. You have 82 games to play and you're just trying to stay in that playoff race. And so whereas 
the playoffs is more of a sprint where you're trying to just produce as well as you can in a short amount of time so that you can win four games as quickly as possible try to get rest moving on to the ne- that next uh that next playoff series so i think that's a reason that you can have a ton of success in the regular season like toronto did last season and then not have as much success in the postseason like toronto did i think toronto is a prime example every year they're really good in the regular season and then they can't score after that yeah they haven't had playoff success success since 1967 no, they had some in the '90s because they won a cup in the '90s. They had a, they won a few series. I'm pretty sure they won a cup in the '90s. They didn't, Tristan. The last cup they won is in 1967. Oh, I thought. No. I thought I heard something last night. Oh yeah, you're right. 1967. Heard wrong. You I must have heard him wrong and heard 1997. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. I thought for sure that it was in the 90s. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, on their back end, they have Brett Pesci, Ethan Bear, Jacob Slavin, and that's about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Listen listen to these names. You ready? So this isn't just on the back end. This is now in general. Listen to these names. Uh, we're Jordan Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, Derek Stefan. And that's oh, and then they also have Ian Cole, another really old guy. That is old. A, I don't know how they're doing so well with that. That is rough. Uh oh, did you see the cap something that's really looking good for the caps is your youth. Mm-hmm. You guys have had I you have I believe four rookies who have started this year and they're playing well. Yeah. Like they're actually doing pretty well. I need to look up. I know one of them. I don't know the name off the top of my head. Uh, One of them has already has two goals this season. Martin Fairvari. That sounds about right. Although I would probably say that. Pierre is one of our other rookies. Let's see. Uh, oh. Hendricks LaPierre, Connor McMichael, Martin Fairvari, Alec- Alexi Protas, and Brett and Brett Larson. So you've had five start in the NHL? Yeah. Whereas the Flyers have had zero start in the NHL. So that I think that's pretty good look, um, pretty good look for the future for the caps. Yeah. And considering that we're both of us are in the same situation somewhat because we both have had injuries, like a, a decent amount of injuries. However, we we had more youth to pick up the pieces than you do. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're also waiting on this one guy. Uh, I don't think this name is going to mean much to you. Uh, Wade Allison, who started at the end of last season, who was producing quite well. And uh, they're waiting for him to also come back as he got hurt in the offseason. So they, uh, yeah, it's, we're waiting on a lot of injuries to uh, be healed and come back. Yeah, because you can't have Derek Broussard starting on your second line. That is factual. All right, so I think we should uh, go on and move to the last little bit here in the MLB where we're going to give our, our AL and NL Cy Young and MVP awards. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? You start. All right. So I'm going to start with the NL uh, and then we can go NL and then argue about it. And then AL and although I think we're going to have the same NL award winners. Uh, So the only one that I see differently that I think you will is MVP because yep. I obviously have to take a little bit of a Homer pick. I in, did the same thing. Don't worry. I, I have to take a little bit of the Homer pick in Bryce Harper. Uh, I'm trying to, he leads the league in 
on base plus slugging. He leads uh, he leads the league in on base plus slugging. He's top three in slugging, I believe. I, I want to pull these up just to be sure as I'm talking. But the after the All-Star break, he made such a jump from where he was that he I think he definitely deserved to be talked about in potentially winning MVP. And what he did just to finish off the season in the fact that he was one of the reasons that they even made it to where they were in competing for a playoff spot. Uh, I think that really is one of the reasons that he's up there. So he was batting 309, which was third in NL. He had 35 home runs and then his on-base percentage 429, which was second only to Soto, 615 slugging, which was first in the league or first in the NL, uh, one. 1044 on in OPS, which was first. And then even at the end of the season, he started stealing bases too, which was uh, kind of a little bit of a surprise there, but added a little bit of flash. He also led the NL in doubles with 42. So he was putting up good numbers, especially towards the end of the season. And he was one of the biggest reasons that the Phillies were able to make it to where they did. And so I think he has a really good chance and I think he should be the MVP winner. And then my... NL Cy Young winner is going to be Scherzer because of that's mine too. Yeah. That, sure which is, which is what I thought. Uh, he had a two, four, six ERA, which was only 0. 0.03 points behind Corbin Burns who led the NL in ERA. He had 15 wins, which was fourth in the league. He had 236 strikeouts second in the NL. Uh, so he was pitching really well. He I'm trying to pull up. He had 179 innings pitched, so he was putting up good numbers in good starts. And in his last, I believe it was nine starts, he had, uh, he had he won nine straight. So he was putting up good numbers. Uh, his last seven games, he went four four and zero, one nine one ERA, 47 innings pitched, ten earned run, four four ba- four ball base on balls, and 58 strikeouts. So that's one of those where in his last and that was excluding the playoffs so that it's one of those where he uh it was towards the end of the season where he helped push the team to where they got yeah yeah great he's that second half was really amazing like going nine to no it hurts to not put zach wheeler in there but he really fell off towards the end yeah he he was looking like the favorite then towards the end there just started to sink so my NL MVP, I obviously have Juan Soto. He batted 313, which was second in the NL. He led the he led the entire league in OBP with 465. He had 29 homers or 29 homers, 95 RBI. He led the league in walks, and he was only second to Tatis in offensive war with 6.8. And for war for position players, he let he led the NL. And he was second in on base, on base plus sug, slugging and eighth in overall slugging. I just real quick, uh, here's a stat that you probably never would have thought to hear when he was with the Phillies. Harper was second in the NL with, at walks with a hundred. He was forty five behind Juan Soto, but Makes he sense. yeah he was second in a uh, second in walks, which is just something that's crazy to me. And he didn't break the top 20 in strikeouts. Yeah, which it'd be usually be the flip where yeah. he was like top 10 in strikeouts and didn't have a lot of walks. Yeah. Okay. So now here, I think this will be a little bit more of the interesting take because uh, we're, it's, we're not as huge on AL, uh, but I'm I'll let you, I'll, yeah, I'll let you start with AL. So for the AL MVP, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So in the AL, he was first in war, slugging, on base percentage, total bases, and he was tied for first with homers. He was also fifth in AL with, with for RBS with 111, and he was second in his with 188, second only to Bo Bichette. He had an insane season, especially towards the end, yeah, where he was 
one of the catalysts for the Blue Jays to make that push towards the playoffs. Yeah, he was he batted 311. Like you said, he was tied for the lead in home runs at 48 with Salvador Perez. He led the AL in well, this the third one will make sense because he led the AL in on-base percentage and slugging, which would obviously have him lead in on-base plus slugging. And he was just putting up huge numbers, uh, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of the season. So He's also my AL MVP for those reasons. And the fact that towards the end of the season, like anything that touches bat was a base hit. Yeah. And for AL Cy Young, I have Garrett Cole. He was first in the AL with 16 wins, second in strikeouts with 243. He had an ERA of 323, which is third in the AL. And he was second in war with 5.7. So this one, we I did look at Garrett Cole a little bit, but the reason that I decided not to put Garrett Cole as my AL Cy Young is the drop off that he had after they started cracking down on having like the spider tack and the all like all the sticky stuff that they were starting to crack down on he drops yeah he dropped significantly in production before he started to raise back up and so like you could see that the issues that were caused without having that extra grip on the ball so mine was Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays uh he led he led the AL in innings pitched with 193.1 and he then led with he led the league in strikeouts and ERA and he was and he still had 13 wins and I'm trying to pull up he was 13 and 7 284 ERA which was first in the AL 193 innings pitched first in the AL 248 uh, strikeouts first in the AL 1.04 whip which is really good and so I think just overall, the fact that he was pitching so well and you didn't see, like I said, Garrett Cole, you saw such a drop off when they started cracking down on having the all, all the illegal substances. And I think also Robbie Ray kind of went under the radar. Like you didn't yeah. just, you, you really didn't hear of him. Like once I started actually looking into it is when I was like, oh, he under the radar had a really good, uh, a really good season. So that is, he didn't have very many complete games though. No, he really didn't. He didn't have a single one. So yeah. Uh, You know who kind of fell off? Zach Grinke. Yeah. Like he, you don't really hear a lot about him. Yes. He's old. He's really getting up there, but. Yeah. Uh, But with that, I believe that is all we have for this week. Uh, Is that all you got? That's all I got. All right. So you guys can go and follow us on Instagram at BLNTheDC. DM us questions, comments, anything you guys want to see on here. You can email us at BLNTheDC at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and review on Apple. I, once we start getting some of the, once we start getting some more, I want to go in and like read some of the reviews on here and, I want to do like start doing a question uh, like a question segment on here, which I think would be pretty cool too. So send us some questions and stuff. And uh, with that, we will see you guys next week. See you. See you later.